Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode five, week five, number five. Big show this week, lots of things to cover, lots of things ahead. We've got the Mosh News, we've got reviews, of course, and we sit down with Fabian of UK hardcore band Polar. All of that coming up in the show, lots to get through. So let's kick things off with the Mosh News. Bit of a slow week this week, not a lot has happened. Sometimes that is the way the heavy music scene goes. We have packed weeks, lots going on, and then some weeks it's a bit slow. One of the big bits of news this week, which is a follow-on from last week, was that Alpha Wolf and Cursed Earth pulled out of Download Festival Melbourne, which is taking place March 24th in the Flemington Racecourse in Melbourne. They both pulled out of the lineup for their own individual reasons, but that left Download with two bands short of a lineup. Big credit to Download Festival Melbourne. They have pulled in two bands, two stellar Australian bands. Coming in is Make Them Suffer and High Tension. If you're unsure of these bands, get on your iTunes, your Spotify, your Bandcamp. Check out these bands. Both quality bands. Both coming in at different styles and genres. High Tension are a crustic metallic-edged hardcore punk band, phenomenal-sounding stuff, and you make them suffer uh, that death metal-tinged deathcore, very atmospheric, very brutal, both bands outstanding in their own right, as I said, and also both bands are renowned for their intense live shows. Download Melbourne has definitely brought in some quality to this lineup and more heavy to this lineup. It is going to look amazing this March. Such a stellar lineup. Lots of big bands. If you haven't got your ticket and you live in the area, get a fucking ticket. Tickets are still on sale. All the details are on our website. Check out the lineup. Get your tickets. Get your ass down to download. Other news this week Jesse Leach of Killswitch Engage fame has announced and released new music from his punk project called The Weapon. They released two songs on their band camp, available for streaming and purchasing. It is Jesse Leach gone punk rock, and it sounds great. Make sure you give that a check out. If you're a fan of Jesse in any form from any of his previous bands, you will not be disappointed. If you like your punk rock, check it out. We've got all the information and the songs on our website. Make sure you give that a peek, give that a spin. Other news this week was... We had an announcement from a supergroup of sorts called Downpour. They're a band featuring former members of Shadows Fall, Unearth and Kane, just to name a few. They're going to release their debut album this year. We don't really know much else except that we did get the artwork. The artwork is a bit of a acid trip looking astronaut space looking thing. Looks pretty good. It looks a bit different for a metal artwork. All we know, and they have said, is that it's going to be groovy as fuck. We can't wait. We're excited for more details. As I said earlier, it is featuring ex-Shadows Fall, and it is Brian Fair, the singer of Shadows Fall, that man behind the mic. We're always pumped to hear what he does. So keep your eye out on our website and our social medias because we'll be dropping more information as we get it. Other news this week was new album and a new music video from German metalcore heavyweights Caliban. They've announced their new album Elements and they've released a first 
single from the album. It is Caliban, but it's Caliban with a slight different direction. If this is where the album's going, we're very intrigued, very excited to see what's ahead. This album, Elements, will be their 11th album as well. It's a massive career they've had already, and they just keep striding forward and forward. All that information and that music video is on our website. Just before we wrap up the Mosh news, do keep an eye on our website, themoshzone.com, and do give our social medias a like or a follow. Simply search for The Mosh Zone on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Make sure you like and follow it. As I said, we update all of our socials and our website daily. We keep you in the loop. As we know, we'll update you on tours, songs, videos, albums. It's all there. Make sure you get along and join the Mosh Zone community. Next up, we are on to Mosh review time. First up this week is Swedish band Letters from the Colony and their debut album, Vignette. It is their debut album, but also their debut release for Nuclear Blast. The Swedish guys have previously released two EPs. This release delved into a very interesting landscape that Letters from the Colony deliver. They blend death metal, metalcore, progressive metal, gent, jazzy, math metal. It's all in there, all thrown in. Trying to say who they sound like, they kind of sit in the middle of Meshuggah and Sixth. They're right in there in the middle. They're heavy when they want to be but they're completely progressive when they want to be. Vocal-wise, it is death metal style. It's very harsh. It's straight in your face. There's no tricks or gimmicks. It's very much what you see is what you get. The music, on the other hand, is very much all over the place. You don't really know where it's going. One minute you've got to go Jira, chug and riff progression, and then suddenly it goes all saxophone solo and jazzy, and then it changes into a headbanging groove that's very Meshuggah-esque. At times it can confuse, but at times it can just marvel. You're just like, what the fuck? This is amazing. As I said, there is a bit of everything going on here. There's the headbanging groove, there's the math metal progression, there's the chug on chugs, there's big chords, there's jazz hooks. It feels familiar, but it also feels fresh. So when it comes to what's negative about it, that's really, like I said, there's familiarity about it. It, at times, feels a bit too much like I've heard it before. It also feels a bit too show-offy, if that makes sense. When I say show-offy, it's kind of like, hey, look, we're really amazing musicians, have a gander, and then it goes for nine minutes. Don't Doesn't need to be nine minutes. Trim that down a bit. Five minutes, six minutes, that's fine. We can get our heads around it. But when it starts reaching nine minutes, if, you, if you're finding yourself drifting in and out of paying attention during a nine-minute song, it kind of defeats the purpose of being a nine-minute song. It is stunning in parts. It really is memorizing some of these riffs and progressions and drum beats and breakdowns. They're very impressive at times. But I get the feeling sometimes stripping it back and keeping it simple would work just as well because there is a lot of talent in this band. I just feel like we're being a bit too over the top at times. As we said, not a lot of originality but it's not sloppy. It is a very strong, solid debut. 
What I hope for this band is that on the next release, they identify who they are and they really hone in on the vision that the band is. Their next release will really determine where this band goes. If you like Carbomb, Meshuga, Gojira, Genty stuff, you'll love this. If you love complex music with in-your-face death metal vocals, you'll love this music. If you want to go on a journey and be taken for 10-minute songs, you'll love this music. Very solid debut, but as I said, feels a bit too familiar. I feel like I've heard it before, but amazing musicianship, amazing talent going on here. So that is Letters from the Colony. That is their debut album on Nuclear Blast. It's called Vignette, and we're going to score it a 6 out of 10. Next album for review is the new album from The Plot In You. It's their new album called Dispose, out now on Fearless Records. It is their fourth album. For anyone who's not sure of who The Plot In You are, they did start out as a very heavy, breakdown-driven, spiteful-as-fuck, angry-as-fuck band on their first two albums, Firstborn and Could You Watch Your Children Burn. Their sound has started changing and evolving into a more cleaner, accessible direction, which was given to us on their last album, Happiness in Self-Destruction. You have to give these guys credit because they are pushing their musical boundaries and abilities to a different level. They're really challenging themselves with this release. They have spent a lot of their earlier career being overlooked, because they were in that genre of metalcore, deathcore, and they weren't given the spotlight. They now have that spotlight. Let's see what they can do with it. This sound is different, like I said, but this sound is also following a trend. This melodic-style metalcore, this synth-based metalcore, is very trendy right now. Everyone's jumping on this bandwagon, so saying... That it is different, yes. Saying you haven't heard it before, that's not right. You have heard this before, this style. It's very popular now. Everyone's trying to prove that they are creative. Everyone in this genre is trying to prove that they are different. The plot in you are trying to say, we're different. That's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that's a negative thing at all. I'm just saying that a lot of the attention that we're giving the plot in you for this album is saying how different they're being when in actual fact, we've seen so many bands do it over the last two to three years. It is also not capable, if it wasn't for Landon, the singer-vocalist of this band. He is the driving force behind this band. He wrote most of the music, and without the risk that he's willing to take, I don't think we would have got this album. The risk, though, by taking such a jump is that the album does start to become a bit samey and bland like the rest of this kind of churned out melodic metalcore. It's hard to tell what this album really is worth after a couple of listens. You can't really pinpoint if it's worth more or you've, you've had enough. Musically, there's very little depth or creativity that stands out. It's very by the numbers for this melodic style. Lyrically, it's all about a bitter relationship ending. Some people will be able to connect with that, but if you haven't had that happen to you recently, you might just find it a bit cringeworthy. 
It's very much in line with Bring Me The Horizon's album, That's The Spirit, which was very pop rock. That's what The Plot and You are trying to do with Dispose. They're trying to really harness that album and go on the pop rock arena style songs. They certainly do give it a crack. It's really upsetting to think that a band like The Plot In You thinks they need to try and emulate the success that a band like Bring Me The Horizon has gained. At times, what The Plot In You are trying to do, unfortunately, comes across a bit forced and not what they're all about. There are pieces in songs and songs themselves here or there that do give a bit of hope and are worth a few listens. They are repeatable. But then, when it really tries to get into the big anthemy arena rock, it feels like it's unfulfilling and not cohesive. Without Landon's vocal abilities and his honesty, I think this album could have been an absolute train wreck. His unique ability and style to keep the emotion at the forefront, the way that he's vulnerable, the way that his voice cracks a bit, the way that it's raw, that draws you in. The issue is that when you put in the instrumentation and the production backing it, it starts to feel a bit awkward. It feels not quite right. Massive props for the plot in you for giving it a go. That you have to give them credit for trying. Despite moments of small quality, it unfortunately feels like it's clutching at straws. They have got the spotlight right now. There is a lot of attention both media and fan-wise, towards this album, and I think they deserve it. Maybe not at this time of their career, but they definitely deserve the attention. The plot in you won't waste that attention, and they will grab new fans. I unfortunately think they're also going to lose a lot of fans as well, but I think where the direction they're going, they're not going to be worried about losing the old fan base. Let's hope the plot in you take this momentum and attention and really make an engaging and memorable record next time round. They tried this time. I don't think they hit the bullseye quite, but at least they tried. It is definitely for fans of Bring Me The Horizon, Amity Affliction, We Came As Romans. It's definitely down that melodic metal core, that alt metal sound. Give it a go if you like that style. We give it a 4 out of 10. Next album up for review is For the Fallen Dreams and their new album, Six, available now on Rise Records. As the title suggests, it is their sixth album and it comes to us after a four-year wait. For the Fallen Dreams have always been a hardcore-tinged metalcore band. They've always played the chug riff breakdown formula there was a period when they didn't but that was when chad wasn't in the band and chad is definitely the driving force behind this band to get a real idea of this album you simply need to listen to the first single which is called stone it sums up the album perfectly the album has a new focus it's less heavy and aggression driven and it's more melody and slower tempo build it feels like at times Fall of Fallen Dreams have compromised their aggression and breakdown and palm-muting heaviness for a lighter, melodic, shouting vocal vibe. Chad, as we said earlier, has always been a driving force in this band when he's been in the band. It seems like now he's taking a back seat. 
he doesn't tend to lead the majority of the songs, which is ironic because Chad is lead vocalist. He sits back and lets the shouting backup vocals or clean backup vocals tend to be in the forefront. Musically, it feels very, very different. As we said, they've compromised and left behind a lot of the heavy. It feels now like they're aiming for a different market. You have to give them credit for going for something different, but sometimes that's a double-edged sword. We criticize bands and say they sound the same all the time, and then we criticize bands saying they've changed. This is a band that shouldn't have changed. Change is good, but maybe doing it a little by little. They've gone in too hard with this different sound and really gone to approach things with a different sound. It feels like they're trying to appease a new audience a little bit too much and they've left their hardcore base behind. Emotion and raw intensity has always been there. It is still there, but it's now in a melodic sense. Unfortunately for me, the album doesn't feel like it flows. It feels a bit too slow. The punk melodic side tends to be a bit too much in my face. I went in expecting For the Fallen Dreams and came out feeling disappointed. Doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. I was just very disappointed that I didn't get what I love about For the Fallen Dreams. I love the breakdowns. I love the chugs. I love Chad screaming in my face. Unfortunately, that's not there on this album. It is diverse, it is interesting, it's definitely unpredictable for For the Fallen Dreams, and it's challenging because they've aimed to not be a one-trick pony. But where's Chad? Where's the breakdowns? New Horizons are great to aim for, but also don't abandon your roots too much. I am happy with it. I think it's an okay album. It's not horrible, but it's not great. I feel let down, though. That is the overall vibe. If you like Melody, but less breakdowns, if you like Amity, if you like the middle two albums for The Fallen Dreams did, which was Wasted Youth and Backburner, you will love this album. It's middle of the road, unfortunately. I hope we get another album quicker than four years waiting time, and hopefully that is a better album. For The Fallen Dreams, the album is six. It's available on Rise Records, and we give it a five out of ten. Next album off the rank is the debut album by Australian boys Lycanthrope, and that album is their debut album, Chapters. The Newcastle six-piece, that's right, I've said six-piece, there are three guitarists in this band, started out their career around the year 2011. They've been growing and working hard on the scene, touring pretty relentlessly, even jumping across the pond and hitting up New Zealand a couple of times. This album, as I said, is their debut full length, and this is Metalcore. There's no doubts about it. This is 2008 all over again. And when I say that, I don't mean that necessarily in a negative way. It, this is Metalcore. Big riffs, big breakdowns, very distinct sound. It's bone-crushing, and with three guitarists... There is no doubt of the power of the riff with this band. The influences that they have do show on every song. You hear Parkway Drive, you hear Unearth, you hear Azalea Dying, you hear Killswitch Engage. The dueling vocalist style, the good and bad, 
the beauty and the beast, the scream and the clean happens throughout this album. But that can be taken as a positive or a negative. It really sits with where you are with the metalcore sound. If you enjoyed that around the 2008 period, you're going to love this. If you still love it now, you're going to love this. There is nothing bad about playing that sound. The singles that they've dropped, Skin and Bones, Like a Ghost and Chapters, are all very solid songs and give you an insight at what the rest of this album contains. It contains 10 tracks that are chaotic, melodic, and very nostalgic. If we have to look at some negatives, it is the fact that this does sound like a throwback to this style in the early to mid-2000s. There doesn't seem to be too much individualism and too much of their sense of self imprinted on this album. The other con you can really put on this is that the Beauty and Beast, the Scream and the Clean technique and delivery starts to wear a bit thin when you're getting constant bombardment of the same sound over and over. Would have been nice to just hear some of Daniel absolutely ripping in just him on his own. Lyrically, it's all very uplifting. It's all about seize the moment, don't get beaten, and rise to the occasion. Sometimes with some bands it can come across preachy, but with this band it doesn't feel preachy. It feels to the point, and it's done with conviction and honesty. For a self-release debut, and for an Australian debut, this is very solid. This is very well recorded, this is very well written, and it's very well delivered. They have done a great job at delivering what they set out to do. They set out to deliver a metalcore album, and they've done exactly that. Lycanthrope want you to know that metalcore isn't dead. They're flying the flag for it, and they're flying the Aussie flag for it. Chapters overall is adrenaline-soaked. It's focused. It's intense. It's enjoyable. It's riff upon riff. It's breakdown upon breakdown. It's sing-alongs. It's choruses. It's massive sounding. It's very well done. So Lycanthrope Chapters, it is independently released. You can grab it off Bandcamp, iTunes, Spotify. We dug it. We think it's very well done, boys. We can't wait to see what is coming next. Hopefully on the next album we get a bit more of who Lycanthrope are and a little bit less of who they love. We score this a 7 out of 10. Last but certainly not least review of this week is the self-titled EP by Irish Boys, Baylor. These guys have been a hidden gem of mine for a couple of years now. They started out in 2015. This is their third EP. This band have been slowly building and growing within the UK scene. They've supported so far bands like Norma Jean and Sick of It All, just to name a few. Straight off the bat with this EP, the sound quality and the recording is undeniably top-notch. Amazing sound for an underground unknown band. The guitar tone is monstrous, it's beefy, there's a big bite to it, but it's still got a lot of clarity. You can still tell what's going on. The bass is snappy and thick, and a very rare thing in this kind of music is the bass has its own space within the mix. Great to hear. The drums punch and hit you in the chest. The vocals are barking, snarly and gritty. It is hardcore punk rock. Track one, Lying for a Living, really comes in with a thrusting breakneck pace. 
and its tone never slows down. This band want you to sit on the edge of the seat and they get that. The next few tracks, Tuesday Blues and Feel It More, very much just change around. There's a lot of variety and a lot of variation in this band. Tuesday Blues drops the pace slightly, but it's still aggressive and in your face. It's very infectious. It's a wrecking ball groove. The head-banging vibe is definitely there. Feel It More, that track has a doomy, sludgy vibe with a southerny groove and its dark and venomous vocals. The highlight track for me was Death is a Reminder. It's heavy, it's brooding, big chugs, dirty riffs, it's got a thrash vibe at times, and the breakdown that hits you, it hits you out of nowhere unsuspectingly. The only negative I've got for this EP was it's very short, five tracks and coming in at a very short amount, but it still packs a punch. Massive potential for this band, big things on the horizon, and this is the kind of band that if you want to get find a band before they reach a bigger scale this is a perfect example this is for fans of every time i die cancer bats gallows that very hardcore punk rock sound it's got a dark and dirty feel it's got nasty riffs it's southern pissed off it's wall-to-wall attitude and passion it's massive sounding it's awesome sounding and it's very impressive third ep from baylor hopefully next thing we get from these guys will be a full length three eps in a row they've definitely gone better and better they have the momentum now hopefully the next thing is a full length so that album is the baylor self-titled ep it's out now independently on bandcamp spotify and itunes get out Grab yourself a copy. Highly recommended. It's one of the Mosh Zone's hot tips for this year. This band should be known and will be known by the end of this year. We give that an 8.5 out of 10. So that's the reviews done for this week. A lot covered. A lot done. Let us know what you think. Do you agree? Do you disagree with the reviews? Hit us up through email, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. Hit us up, leave us a comment or an inbox on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. All of those are at The Mosh Zone. Get in touch with us. Let us know of any albums we haven't covered that you want reviewed. Let us know what we might have missed. Let's grow this Mosh Zone community. Coming up next is our interview with Fabian of Polar, the UK hardcore band. It was a great chat, great opportunity to sit down with the guy. You can probably tell that I think a bit of a bromance has sparked off there. Really enjoyed it. Great chat. That's coming up now. All right, well, let's start off. Um, how long have you been playing guitar for? Uh, when did it start? Um, okay, it started probably for me when I was around uh, sort of 15, 16. Um, I've, I have an older brother who uh, who, who got a guitar and uh, obviously being younger and at that sort of age, I was like, well, come on, Dad, I want to I have a guitar as well. Um, I actually wanted to be a drummer. I wanted some drums when I started, but uh, mm. that was a straight-up no because of the, <laughs> the noise, obviously. Um, so I ended up getting a bass guitar. Um, quickly became kind of kind of bored with that because, you know, there wasn't enough strings. Or, you know, it wasn't interesting enough. And there wasn't, a, you know, um, enough stuff I, I could do on it. And then... Uh, so yeah, sort of about a year later, I was just like, "Well, I'm going to play guitar too." And yeah, from then on, I ne- never had a lesson. I just sort of picked it up, and and you know, once I got the coordination, 
to sort of you know actually play it and then I would just sort of write songs I didn't never really been one to learn other people's songs either oh wow um, so not even like picking up a guitar tab book or anything like that no I mean I you know naturally I, I did have one or two but I mean you know na- nowadays especially and you know, for many years I've not not sort of sat down and learned anyone any other people's songs I think the one tab book that I did have was uh was burn my eyes by machine head oh yes that was probably yeah probably my, my favorite band um growing up you know and, and that album especially so i was just sort of learning that learning the riffs and learning the sort of styles of how to play um more aggressive sort of songs so um, you know a lot of down picking and stuff so was machine head one the kind of band that open the doors to heavy music or was it or was there rumblings there because obviously <laughs> did your brother have any part in influencing musical taste yeah yeah i mean he was a he was actually a quite a big sort of marilyn manson and blind melon um uh sort of pearl jam fan um when he was younger and yeah i found myself sort of going via um early oasis um, going into sort of Alanis Morissette into Nirvana, and then that sort of went from Nirvana straight to Machine Head for some reason. Um, <laughs> big jump. I mean, I'm, yeah, it's a big jump, but I, I think what it was, I, I remember it vividly. Like, uh, I had uh, Kerrang! magazine in the UK. We have Kerrang! magazine. You may have heard of it, obviously. Mm. And they they had this, these CDs on the front sometimes. It's like, you know, check out these C- songs from, you know, whatever band. So I was listening to that. And the first song on it was Davidian by Machine Head. Um, we're talking sort of 1996 here. Uh, and once I heard that, I mean, I was just like, wow, okay. Um, I quite like that. You know, it's, it was heavy. And then obviously there was no turning back after that. Now, influences-wise now, has it changed? Mm. I mean, I mean, I know some – speaking personally, I went from the Pantera being my mm. my starting point to now I find that – I'm listening to very obscure kind of bits of everything. Is that the same with mm. you? Are you into everything now or have you found that you're more honed into one style? <laughs> yeah, I, I went through a phase of definitely being into everything. Mm. You know, a lot a lot of, so, you know, um, things from, you know, uh, Dillinger Escape Plan to like Damien Rice and everything in between, you know. Yeah. Um, now now I, I tend to find myself appreciating um the more sort of um you know bands like dillinger um and you know sort of more extreme music i do still appreciate it but i I don't find myself listening to it as much um you know i've sort of refined it to a bit more i don't know sort of more to my tastes now i guess now does that does that play a part in your um writing processes i mean you, mm. is it opening you up to more possibilities or i don't know i mean the, the, our first record our first ep was was far more scatty you know it was far a lot of different um time signatures happening a lot you know some really quick bits and then into really slow bits and you know it was kind of a lot for the listener to take in you know a lot of uh, you know some people like that obviously um but uh, we, yeah, we just—I think it's a part of getting older as well. I don't know. We just kind of found ourselves not mellowing out at all, but you know, finding heaviness in other areas than just being, you know, playing a hundred miles an hour. 
um, that there is there is a heaviness in in different you know even being very slow. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's just it developed, it's evolved over over the years. Now um, I think oh, yeah, you've mentioned the first EP. Now correct me if I'm right or wrong. That's the this is polar noise, isn't it? This yeah, this polar noise yeah. yeah. Now was am I right in reading that there was a bit of a, a drop dead um, clothing label Ollie Sykes kind of going on around that time with the band? Yeah, so he um, he actually released our second EP. Oh, second um, EP, okay. So, yeah, essentially what happened, the, the, the first EP happened, we then went and did a, uh, an album, um, and then after that was um, a second EP that, we, that he released on Drop Dead. Um, at that time, I think Drop Dead was a lot more heavily involved with bands, Mm. Um, and <laughs> it was really just under their name, um, that, that it was released. So they, that it was not licensed to them or anything. They didn't own any of the music, but it was, you know, it, it helped to have their push behind it. Um, and helped really get us back on track because, you know, the first album didn't do as well as we'd hoped. Um, so yeah, it really did, did help us to sort of, you know, get us back into people's faces again. Well, why do you... That was Iron Lungs, the first album, wasn't it? Correct, yeah. Yeah, why... I mean, you guys were creating a name for yourself um, mm. after the first EP. Um, the sound, I don't think... I mean, not off the top of my head, I don't think you really dramatically changed your sound too much going into Iron Lungs. Why, mm. why do you feel that the kind of momentum waned or slowed down what you know looking back on it now what do you think went wrong with that album yeah it's a difficult one because i mean everything was really in place um like you say the first the first ep did well to sort of you know here's a new band you know there's a lot of buzz about it um and at, at the time you know the 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 band gallows had kind of um waned a little bit they, they had sort of split up lost their singer and you know, there was like, well, look, here's this band managed by one of the guys in Gallows. Mm. Is this 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 is the new? You know, is this the new Gallows? You know, that sort of raucous British punk rock. Um, and then, yeah, the first album came out, and I, to me, it didn't sound great. <clears throat> the production, although it was, it was, um, you know, the, the guy did a, a good job, but I just think that the end quality, you know, is very abrasive the record and i personally didn't enjoy that too much um it, the songs have got to be there you know i mean mm. maybe looking back some of the, the, the actual songs weren't there um do you, do you know you think there's got a, there's... a bit too much expectation i mean was there maybe a bit too much set uh, the bar was set a bit too high people expected a bit yeah, too much. yeah i mean you were i, I mean so. how, old, how old were you guys doing that album um, okay, so that was 2009. Um, so yeah, I was probably sort of m mid, you know, early-ish 20s, 20, 24. Yeah, so you're still learning the Something game. Something like that. <laughs> still learning the game, yeah. And, and you know, and like you say, it is technically, it is a game. And um, mm. there's a lot of different influences to it. Timing, um, what other bands are doing what certain, you know, people within the industry, be it your record label, you know, how they feel, what what are they sort of pumping their money into at the time? I mean, if you don't have the backing, then 
you know, that's a problem. Um, so it's, yeah, there was many influences really. Um, but all round generally that album just, we felt like it just, no one cared about it. It, you know, it didn't really have the big single on it that people needed. Um, and so we tried to recover. We thought, right, we need to get some new music out there quick. So we, we did a three track EP, inspire, create, destroy. Mm. Um, and like you say, did that through drop dead. Um, and did that in a, in a, in what we felt was a better studio. Um, although again, the end product we felt wasn't, wasn't what we wanted. So at this stage, I mean, is there a, I mean, cause I know, um, without trying to rewind a bit, I know that you guys all kind of came from a previous band. Um, mm. was there at this stage, you know, you've got two EPs and an album under, um, is there a sense of maybe going, you know, should we maybe shut up shop? Uh, should we keep going? Was there any of that? Because you, when you brought out that next album, um, Shadowed by Vulture, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Shadowed um, by Vultures, yeah. That is when I really think you guys started hitting your stride because from there mm-hmm. onwards, um, it's been consistently kind of banging, well-written, you know, you found your mm-hmm. rhythm. Was there a stage mm-hmm. at all after you've had previous bands, you know, breaking up stuff and a bit of chaos going on with albums and EPs. Was it like, well, maybe is, are we cut out for this? Was there ever that going on? Because doubt <coughs> is something that plays into everyone's head in every aspect mm-hmm. of life. It is, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's very hard because you're in your own bubble. When you're in a band, you're in your own bubble. You don't hear what everybody else is thinking about your band or, or whether they're talking about your band. Mm. You know, so you, you, you end up asking, so what does it, it is anyone out there? Does anyone care? Um, you know, you mix that with how some other bands are doing and you, and you look at them sometimes as competitors, yeah. you know, and you, you look at that and you go, well, they're, you know, they're, they're landing these tours and they've, you know, this album's doing this well. And, and you think, you know, it can get quite demoralizing, but, you know, you have to focus on your, on your own, your own stuff. Uh, I agree with you. I think Shadow of Vultures was when we started to, as cliche as it sounds, start to we found started to find our sound mm, um yeah. and and touching back on what we were saying before it was straighter it was a bit more simple it was it was detuned we changed tuning at that point so it made it lower a bit heavier simpler riffs you know again it brings equal amounts of heaviness to what we were doing before in a different heavy less you know less speedy more you know um, sort of impactful yeah um but yeah i mean that, that funnily enough that album was, was the turning point for us however within the band you know the members within it it was it was wasn't the easiest time you know that was we were arguably at our weakest then um it was it was the last album with the original lineup mm. um you know we had some original members that 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 you know we parted ways and uh, it wasn't overly amicable, which was also very difficult to deal with when, you know, you, this, this band is your baby, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of passion there. Everyone's committed, spending a lot of time on it. Um, you know, to, to have certain members leave and, and everyone, you know, a fair bit of arguing it's it's not, not overly nice, but um, ultimately it's become, it's become better since. 
No, and uh, obviously the, I mean, obviously that was, like you said, the launch um, or the real launch um, of Mm. Polar and obviously kind of, I mean, I guess no cure, no saviour. I mean, that's, I mean, we're looking at two years old now, about two years. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that was the new or the current lineup. Um, Mm. that, That album really, well, both... No Cure and Shadowed. Um, definitely got attention down here in Australia. Um, oh, really? Yeah. That's good. Um, cool. I th- the main reason I'd say No Cure, um, and it sounds it sounds so cliche to say, but it was because of the label you guys were on. Um, mm. We heard about it, you know, being prosthetic, and it was mm. like, okay, we know that label. Um, mm. They do big bands. Um Bit of a side question: How did you get onto prosthetic? Because they are mainly heavy as shit kind of bands. Mm. I'm not saying you're not heavy, but you're a very yeah, yeah, you know, punky rock yeah. and roll hardcore band. How did you get onto mm. prosthetic? I mean, I get you know a lot of that is is left uh, to our manager, uh, who the manager at the time to, to sort of to deal with. But um, we weren't the only UK band to sign at the time. Um, there was also a band called The Hell. Oh, yes, um, who, yeah. yeah, who signed at the time. Um, so maybe I think maybe they were looking at, you know, overseas and thinking, well, you know, we need some sort of fresh, fresh music. We've got a lot of this ultra heavy sort of stuff. Maybe, maybe we need, you know, a little bit of variance. Um, and yeah, I mean, some, you know, the planets aligned and, and, and we got onto that. Um, you know, they, they did well for us. We had a, a meeting in London and, and, um, you know, we we explained what we needed in order to produce what we felt was a good enough product, um, no cure, no saviour. And, you know, they, they, they were able to match that. Um, we, we've always done pretty well with labels. Um, the, the band has always had a name, as in the UK at least, of of being, you know, a hard-working sort of professional band that, that, that are on the road a lot. Um, and I think that that tends to go a long way. You know, that people are investing a lot of money in you. You know, they want to know that you're taking this seriously and, and delivering the best you can. Um, so they did really well for us. Uh, we were hoping to get out to America as part of that deal, um, but they, they unfortunately never materialised. So do I hear? Do maybe I, maybe do one I hear day. a bit of. So no longer with prosthetic. Is that? Well, no. Or? I mean, that that was a that was a one album deal. Okay. Um, and we're we're uh, we're, we're currently trying to, to negotiate um, new, uh, you know, a new deal for for a new album, which we're currently writing. Yes, because um, that was the next question I was going to have. Because mm, late last year you dropped um, "Breathe," the that's it kind of standalone yeah. sing- single, um, yeah. and it was it was very. I mean, it was what I expected, but it was also a bit of fresh air if that makes mm. sense in the sound um how is the writing going i mean what are we looking at are you still writing or are you ready to record yeah so we're, we're probably about halfway through the album writing it so there is a little bit of time left until it gets recorded um you know there isn't a record deal in place yet however you know that that is something that will come um, it just needs to be the right you know the right uh environment the the what's the word yeah, environment yeah setting environment and 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 you know everything needs to be right you know um we know where we want to go to record it with with you know which producer and and that comes at a cost 
Mm. So it's, you know, um, we certainly can't go backwards. We can't, we can't have an inferior product to the last one. No, because um, you've set a benchmark now, and that single with this is set, a, set yeah. a benchmark. Um, can you reveal who you want to record with, or can you say who do you want to record? Well, with? essentially, the, the the guy that did No Cure No Savior and he did Breathe uh, was a guy called Justin Hill, um, a good good friend of ours now. Who who actually he's used to sing in a band called Sixth, a UK <sighs> band called yes. Sixth. Yes, yes, yeah. He was he was the singer in that band and. Um, he's obviously also a producer. So we, we had this good chemistry between us and him. Um, and being a, a vocalist, we that was our main reason for going to him because we wanted the vocals in our band to sort of take another level up. Mm. You know, we, we, we needed these strong hooks, these big um, big production on the vocals, especially to... to because, I mean, we feel that, you know, vocally is where it can make or break a band. You know, you, you can have the best band. Vocally, it's not up to scratch, or maybe the lyrics are terrible or something like that. And it can really be the difference to to the next level, you know? Oh, spot on. I mean, I, I, it's refreshing to hear someone say that because I think the same. Mm. I mean, you, mm. it's kind of a thing. You, you'll put on a band, um, musically, it's always, you know, it's very good. But if that mm. vocalist is not doing it, you just go, mm. yeah, I can't listen to this. Exactly. And then, and then you can't yeah. see it live. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, speaking of live, um, when the wife and I were in England last year, we caught you guys opening for While She Sleeps. Um, also saw um, Obey the Brave. You were there as well. Mm. Over there in England, you guys, are, you as you said, you're a DIY hard-working band, um, but you're also known for the live shows. Like, you guys, mm. While She Sleeps and that, intense. I mean, the energy you guys put on <coughs> was just bar none. Um, mm. Is getting live shows been a gradual progression? Um, or is that just something that, because of your reputation, you feel like you're getting a few shows, if that makes sense? Yeah, I, we've always been, um, a, you know, a full-on live band. I mean, we're, we're very loud, for one. I know that sounds strange, but in terms of, you know, you get bands that are louder than others. Mm. Um, and, you know, with us, uh, that stems from uh, Nick, our drummer, who hits so hard that, you know, you, you have to turn everything up just to cut above <laughs> the drums sometimes. So we end up just being ultra-loud. Um, but since, since the beginning, we've we've honed ourselves on being as uh, tight as we can live. Um, you know, that, that's sort of hours in the practice room, just getting good. Um, and yeah, and now it's, it's sort of turned into it. Uh, the production for us live has, has gone up as well. So I think hopefully the experience of watching us live has become better. You know, there's more to watch. There's more to listen to. It's closer to the album, replicating the album. Um, but in a live environment. And, you know, you, again, you look at some of these inverted commas competitors, you know, these other bands, and you think, well, you know, they're stepping it up by doing this, they're doing that. You know, you can't get left behind. So, um, yeah, equipment gets upgraded, you know, backdrops get, get upgraded. Um, you know, what we wear on stage is, is, isn't imperative, but it's, it's, you know, we don't go on there in all sorts of willy-nilly sort of colours and 
No. You know, there is there is a look, there is a, you know. So do you feel like nowadays playing live there's a bit of extra pressure, basically? You've got to be on your game. Yeah, I think so. I mm. think so because I think there's there's a hell of a lot more bands out there now, which essentially means a hell of a lot more competition. Um, and obviously, you know, with, with the whole sort of online music community, you know, the one or two clicks of a button, you can make up your mind on a band instantly after sort of 30 seconds. So, you know, songs have got to be up to scratch. Live performances have got to be up to scratch. Um, so it's everything. Everything's got to be thought about. Everything's got to be high quality. Music videos, you know. Mm. There's some quality music videos going out there which for not a lot of money being made for. The, everything, every bit of media you put out there into the into the you know the big world has got to be the highest quality it can be. Sounds obvious, but hard to do. It is, and it's. Um, I mean, that I'll come back to my question I had last about the live show, but you've led me beautifully into mm. social media question. Like you said, it's kind of, um, it's kind of like if you're not doing anything and not doing it up to scratch, the attention span now feels like a goldfish, um, in a good way and a bad way. Um, mm. You know. The pressure on a band now is um, if you're not holding everyone's entertainment within five minutes, they've gone and found a folk band from Poland um, mm. who's mm. got their attention. Um, you guys were around, I mean, you, your last band would have been around in the MySpace days. Um, mm. Yeah. But, I mean, do you think, I mean, do you see the good and bad or of social media now and streaming or is, you know, from your perspective, is it negative or is it all good? I mean, where do you sit with social media nowadays? Yeah, I mean, I I pretty much sit somewhere in the middle. I mean, I think in year, years ago, you know, without the internet or without the streaming of music, you know, it would be a lot harder to, to get your band out there. You know, people would go to shows, walk along the queue with a with a, a demo tape, like an actual tape. Yeah. And, you know, check check my band out. I remember queuing up for, uh, I think it was a Soulfly show, the first Soulfly show with Cold and the Biscuit, and there was a guy walking along handing out a tape a tape with one track on one side from a band called Glassjaw, oh, yeah. and then yeah, the other side had a band called the Workhorse Movement. Oh, now, yeah, Roadrunner band. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and it was that, those were the days where it's like, check this out. Obviously, Glassjaw have gone on to be the Glassjaw that we know today. Mm. But that was my first experience of the name. Or, you know, it was a tape given to me in the dark by a guy as as he walked down the queue, handing them all out. Well, now, you know, one click of a button, related artists, cheers. Here, here's a thousand bands just like Glassjaw in a way brilliant for those thousand bands because how else were they, you know, they can't all go and walk down the queue and hand out mixtapes. So it's amazing in that way. However, you know, people can make up their minds on, on your band within, you know, however many seconds and they don't have to spend a penny doing it. No, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit weird. I mean, I, I think we're obviously around the same age. I remember getting the old days of getting a CD and you'd flick to the thank yous and you'd look mm. at those band names and you'd go, oh, mm. okay, who's, you know, Morbid Angel? Okay, better check out Morbid yeah. Angel. Um, yeah. So it's, I mean, do you miss 
that? I mean, obviously, you weren't a band in those days necessarily, mm. but do you miss that, you know, what's the way of saying it? The necessary credibility around music because nowadays yeah. it feels like the credibility is starting to wane because anyone can make um, an album in their garage, if that makes sense. Mm. It used to yeah, take time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's, you know, anyone can, can make something in their garage with the right tools and get it out there on the internet to millions of people. I mean, that in itself, when you listen to think about it, is amazing. Mm. However, it's almost um, watering down, watering down the, the music industry. Like, you know, like you say, you'd check out a band, you'd read it, Morbid Angel, cool. How, how are you going to listen to that band? You'd have to go to the shop and mm. buy one of their CDs. And hope you it know, sounded good. Um, exactly. Now, yeah. you know, the artist, you know, sells another CD. Great, great, great news. Um, and I think, you know, back in those days, what that made was, was you know, that's when you had your rock stars. You know, these were people that were untouchable. Yeah. Well, now you can you can talk to anyone on, on Twitter, on, on social media. You know, these people become, they're not the untouchable heroes, you know, that, that everyone worships. They're Actually, they're just normal people that we can talk to now. And uh, the illusion sort of goes after, for me, the illusion goes after that because, you know, I I don't know how many actual rock stars there are anymore. You know, yeah, there's famous people in bands and stuff, but when you think back to the actual rock stars of of the, you know, bygone age, it's like, you don't, do you, do we really get those anymore? Yeah, I agree. I don't think we do get the same. I don't think we do. I mean, no. I don't think we'll, there'll ever be another Aussie. I mean, there won't. There, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's there, there you go. And, and and those sorts of people, you know, back in the day, you know, these are famous, famous people. Um, I, I just think it's been a bit watered down because, you know, you, everything's at a touch of a button. Everything you can have in the palm of your hand. Mm. Now, does that does you know. that do you, does that struggle? I mean, does that impact? I mean, um, with when it comes to writing a new album, because you know, gone are the days of really making any revenue off it. Because now everyone wants to stream it um, mm. and illegally download it. So, I mean, do you do you guys as a band <laughs> do you maybe approach things in a different manner? And you go, okay, we know we're not going to make. <clears throat> x amount of sales we'll just aim mm. to have it as best quality does it make things a bit different now i don't think it changes anything in terms of what you're writing musically or, or how it's going to sound i think it's got to sound the best it can be regardless however <clears throat> things like uh, artwork you know cd artwork and you know the little booklet that comes with it i think kind of means less now than than it ever has done you know like you said you used to go through the thanks list and maybe you'd read what equipment they would all use and you'd read all the lyrics and look at the booklet and it would sit on your shelf in you know all your cds stacked up well now it's it's really a thumbnail on a screen Mm. which you know arguably you know for that side of things you don't need a full booklet you know you need a good you know, good picture that's that's well designed, probably by a designer of some kind. Um, so artwork, I think, suffers. I mean, that that was another thing that I enjoyed was a good, you know, good artwork. You know, I enjoyed reading the lyrics. I enjoyed getting the CDs out, you know, just inspecting it and seeing what they've done with it. Um, 
you know people don't release singles essentially anymore you know the, the cd singles you know that that's actually sort of essentially died out mm. well that you know that that's just one one example um you know I, I think people will carry on making physical cds but it wouldn't surprise me if a day came where it was just online streamed songs which you know you, ha- you have a, a thumbnail you know a picture for so yeah certainly you know things like lyric videos lyric videos are huge now because people are spending so much money on these high budget videos and thinking of concepts and storylines and it's just you know people you know aren't overly interested you know you can listen to a whole band's um album online on youtube song by song there's no video for them but they're all on there they're essentially all singles yeah you know it's it's weird i mean yeah like i mean i heard a band we've got a band down in australia who have come back um they were reasonably well known they've come back and they've said that they're now not going to record an album they're just going to Mm -hmm. every couple of months release another single for spotify there you go yeah well i mean that I'd scratch my head being in my mid-30s going, okay, I never thought that day would come. Um, Mm. Just changing up pace a little bit, just want to go back to a bit of questions about the English scene, if you will. Um, Mm. It's really booming at the moment, or it appears that it's booming um, from, Mm. from our standpoint. There was a low, I understand, in the English scene. Um, why do you think it's start, you're starting to produce so many stronger bands and such a you know good scene, if you will? Yeah, I mean that's a good good question. Um, the, the UK, I mean, I don't know how it's how it looks from the outside, but in the UK, there's there's generally been like a good sort of um, a steady. Um, in, you know, a steady, steady flow of bands that sort of come and go. Some stick it out, some don't. But I think more English bands are getting out there. You know, I, I, I've, there's a fair few bands that are hitting America now, a fair amount. Um, like you say, Australia as well. I mean, that's somewhere we would love, love to hit. Um, You've got a couch to stay yeah. on if you guys come here. Just saying. <laughs> great, great. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, yeah. We'll be there. We'll be there. Um, but yeah, UK bands, it's, they've always been around. Um, you know, again, it's, it's, um, Roadrunner have, have, have signed up a few, a fair few others, Marmosets and Milk Teeth and Creeper. You know, these mm. are sort of a, a, a new breed, younger bands, fresh bands, you know, people always love fresh music. There's always going to be a buzz about a new band. And then after that band releases one or two, releases then they become everyone knows them already knows their name so they're in that sort of middle period where it's like shit you know what how are we going to take this jump you know does they either crash and burn or they they do go to that next level and and jump up um it's a hard time you know know, a a new band has has a fresh buzz about it um and as well i think people in the uk that are in bands they they're willing to travel. They're willing to, to, to go to America, to go to Australia, travel all around Europe. Um, there's just, um, I don't know, like a, a passion. Mm. Uh, I'm not saying that other countries don't have that, but 
Um, it's the hard you know, work that you guys. It is. It's yeah. the commitment. It's the hard work. Um, you know, to live in as a young person to live in the UK is very expensive. Mm. Um, so I think when people find an outlet like being in a band and they get the prospect of traveling around the world, people are just going to take that because, you know, what else have I got going on? You know, I, you know, it's, it's hard it's to grow up as a young person in the UK financially, mm. you know, to, to, to actually, you know, buy your own house or, you know, everything's really quite expensive. So, you know, being in a band is just like, I can prolong that. I don't have to worry about that right now. I'm, I'm Peter Pan. You know, I can, I can grow older and still remain young at heart, but through my music, you know, um, I guess what also helps yeah. is that you guys, I mean, we're very jealous of it here. I would know from local band standpoint, but you guys can get in the van, um, or the car and just, you know, you can drive four hours north and you're in a whole mm. new area. Mm. In Australia, with our country, it takes eight hours to get to another mm. state. Um, mm. Now, what are the local shows like in England? Do people turn up? Um, if there's not a big name on the bill, if there's not a, you know, While She Sleeps or Architects or any of that on the bill, do people turn up? Frankly, in my opinion, probably not, no. no. Not enough people to... to well, I mean, put it this way: it's, there's not enough people going to them to keep a lot of these venues open. Oh wow! Um, so you're, the, you're the, having the same yeah. effect we've got here, then? Mm. Yeah, for for years now, I think it's there's been um, you know those small small venue club shows. You know, mm. these venues, you know, they're, they're not getting the people through the door that they used to. These venues are getting bought out by these big developers to put you know brand new block of flats there or something. Mm. Um, now, if that was a thriving venue, if there was enough people going there, if it was turning over enough money, it wouldn't be closing down. Yeah. Essentially, kids kids aren't, you know, getting off their backsides and going to a local show. I mean, it, it, it really surprises me because we play shows all over Europe and there's kids that come, you know, from Paris and they come to see us in Scotland or they'll they'll go and see us in uh, in Poland. So, and I said, you've travelled all the way from Paris for example, to, to come all the way to Poland to watch us. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's no problem, you know. So you've taken your passport to come to this gig. <laughs> Essentially, that's what's, that's what's yeah. happened. And, you know, in the UK, you know, kids won't, won't walk down the street and go to their local venue, let alone travel, get hotels. You know, it's, it's absolutely crazy. That's one huge difference from the UK and the rest of Europe that I've experienced is the kids that go to shows are so passionate about it in Europe. No matter what band it is, they just love music. They'll go out and it'll be a big night out for them and they'll spend the money and they'll travel to numerous shows, probably on the same tour in the UK. That just isn't a thing. Um, probably because the country is so small. Like you say, there's always a show going on, not far away. They're almost spoiled for choice. Um, but it's obviously you know, affecting the live music scene that venues are closing down, like you said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean that's you know that's that's gone that's been going on for a little while now, and I guess you will get that wherever you go. Um, but you know, it's, the music industry in, in the UK is 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 uh, you know experiencing it in other countries. Of I'm not sure, I'm not sure the UK have got it quite right, you know. 
Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting, like like I said just then, it was, we've got the same going on here. Mm-hmm. I mean, our thing is, I don't know how, how much is a local show in England, roughly, in pounds? Uh, pounds, probably r- around 10, you know, on average, at least yeah. 10 pounds. for a, We're talking a, a small local show. Small club show. So at that's, least, yeah. That's more, I mean, that's about... That's nearly twenty dollars Australian for mm. for a ten dollar Australian show. You'd be lucky to have twenty people in there, mm. um, and it's starting to affect our country where good venues are closing down, like you said, um, or just not taking bookings because they can mm. make more money off having the bar open for general That's public it. than have uh, bands play. So it's a bit, yeah, yeah, it's a weird. Um, now. Now, I just wanted, before I finish, I'm going to do the segment I call Pick Your Poison. Mm -hmm. We just change things up, a little bit of fun. (laughs) It's a pick. So, it's like a would you rather. So, you pick the one you want. So, we'll go pizza or burger. (sighs) Pizza. Oh, nice. Okay. Always got time for a pizza. What's your favorite? Uh, it's got to have as much meat on it as possible, if you ask me. Bless <laughs> um, <laughs> bless her, my, my, bless her the, uh, my girlfriend. She's you know a margarita will do. Just just <laughs> what just cheese and tomato. I was like, you know that that kind of comes as standard. You know you get that anyway. You don't want anything else. No no no, no that'll do. For me, put it all on. Put it all on. Yeah, gotta love a meat lovers. Um, that <laughs> brings to the next one: chicken or beef. Uh, I'm going to say chicken now. Yeah, I, I would have gone beef every time. I would have gone beef every time, but it's chicken now. Yeah, you got to love chicken. Why now? What, you found a new love for I it? Did, I, yeah, um, again, it's probably to do with my other half. She uh, eats a hell of a lot of chicken, doesn't eat beef, and, you know, she's got been to chicken burgers and, you know, chicken this, chicken that. Chicken soup, everything is chicken. I'm going to be growing feathers soon. <laughs> All right, next. Um, now, this one, I don't know. I mean, being English, you'll be one or the other. Football or rugby? Well, I am a huge football fan. I mean, I will watch any game of football. Yeah, but who um, do you follow? So, 100% football. Um, I'm a Man United uh, follower. Oh. And I get very upset when they don't win. Yeah, well, you're playing my team today. Your team. Oh, yes. Spurs. Yes, yes. I am the bridesmaid team. Yep, we can't <laughs> do anything else but come second. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, going to be a good game. Oh, I'm not looking forward to it. You've got Alexis Sanchez now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, tragic life I lead. Changes things. Changes things now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or well, you won't win the league, but hey, at least you'll cement second. My finger, yeah, we're the bridesmaid team this this year. Yeah, this year. <laughs> <laughs> now, cinema or on the couch? Um, God, I spend a lot of time on the couch watching films, so I'm probably going to go with that. Although a night out in the cinema, I do enjoy. Mm, okay. Big bit, load of pop, load of popcorn, load of ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's that's another thing that's expensive in the UK. Very expensive is to go to the cinema. It's the same here. It's ridiculous. Nobody goes anymore. Mm. I mean, right? Yeah. Illegal downloads. I mean, that's what everyone does. <laughs> is that is that the way forward? Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Brilliant. Because <laughs> that's what me and the wife do. You didn't hear that at home. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. 
Mosh pit so, or yeah, couch. Yeah. Mosh pit or up the back enjoying the view. God, I'm old now. Um, probably up the back enjoying the view. Ten years ago, I'd have been down the front, you know, throwing my weight around. But no, now I'm at the back. Yeah, yeah, same as me. How old are you now? Yeah, I'm 34 now. Oh, yeah, you're the same age. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're young still, you know. Are I, we? I, I maintain. I, I maintain that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell the wife you said it, so it's okay. Yeah, um, we are young. <laughs> Right, now we're going to go back to a bit of food. Cooking or dining out? Yeah. Blimey. I'm going to say cooking. I can't get to 34 years of age without, you know, knowing my way around the kitchen. So, yeah, cooking. That's nice. Um, Slayer or Pantera? Pantera, 100%. Yeah, that's all I like to hear. Terminator or Predator? Um, definitely the first Predator film, amazing. Yeah. Second, Term- Terminator 2, yeah. If I could have a first first Predator followed by the second Terminator, that's it. That's the combo for me. Yeah, but then finish it there. like no Finish more. it there, right yeah, there. just there. No, ter- no Terminator <laughs> Genesis or anything like that. Terminator Salvation, let's just forget that Salvation, existed. yeah, yeah. <laughs> CD or streaming? Um, CD for me every time. Nice. Every time. I still listen to CDs in my car and they still skip all the time. And it's infuriating, but, (laughs) you know, I I can't, yeah. I would much rather a CD. Yeah. Now, last one in this is touring or recording? Both have got good and bad points, but, I mean, touring is, is, I think it's the ultimate for any, any musician. Mm. Um, you know, it's where the fun's at. It's where you get back all that hard work you've put in. It's where you start to get back some stuff, be it feedback from the crowd, be it, you know, just a feeling of playing it live and watching the people enjoying it. That's when you start to feel the benefits coming back to you, you know, the rewards. Mm. Um, plus I, I, I find creating an album extremely frustrating until it's finished the finished article I love. Getting there can be extremely frustrating. So yeah, I'd say touring. That's a good answer. Now, last thing before I let you go, I wanted to ask you about mm-hmm. your singer's name, Andrew. Yeah, uh, Adam, Adam. Adam is our singer. Yeah. Um, he looks like he's going to burst a blood vessel every time he sings. Like, does he? Yeah. Is he? Is he okay when he finishes a show? He, he's not okay when he goes on stage, <laughs> you know, that, that's the, that's the way we want him. Uh, honestly, when, when he, the moment he walks off stage, he's a completely different person. You know, he's, uh, always smiling, always laughing, bubbly. He couldn't be a more a, a polar opposite to the guy that you see on stage. Um, we, we make a point of, of being out after the show, um, you know, around merchandise and, and, you know, just meeting people and, you know, people, people can't really sort of, you know, understand like how he's one minute screaming his head off on stage next minute, you know, being ultra polite and thanking everyone for just for being here. Um, He looks, he looks like a lunatic, but he's, he he does, he does. But again, you know, it's a performance. Mm. It's, it's showmanship. You know, you go back to the old days that we were touching on earlier 
they were people wearing makeup they had outfits they had you know it, yeah there's less of that now however performing on stage is still you know it's still an uh, an act as such is you're, you're performing it's people are paying money it's it's entertainment it's theater you know it's all those things he does it well he does it, yeah he does do it well yeah now yeah. um fabian thank you so much for taking time out hey anytime anytime um, all good so that was our interview with fabian of polar the uk hardcore band great opportunity and a great chat to get to know all about the man himself and about the band if you've yet to hear any Apollo's music or you're a bit unfamiliar, make sure you get on iTunes, Bandcamp and Spotify and really get deep into that discography. There's a lot going on there and there's a lot of quality. One of the best bands coming out of the UK playing the melodic hardcore style. Definitely recommended. A Mosh Zone hot tip is make sure you get into that those guys before they break big with their next album. And that is the end of episode five. Mosh Zone number five is all done and dusted for this week. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. It was jam-packed. We got a lot done and we had a lot of fun doing it. We'll be back next week with episode six, another jam-packed show, another great interview coming up. Don't forget, get in touch through our website, our email, and our social medias. Our website is themoshzone.com. Email is themoshzone at gmail.com. And the social medias are at The Mosh Zone. Get in touch. Give us some feedback. We also, don't forget, want to fill in a question segment in the weekly show. So hit us up with some questions, with some statements. Let's get some discussion going on the show. Let's grow this Mosh Zone community. Stay safe and we'll see you next week. Open the pit.